There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema oh, no. I'm Colson Smith and as always I'm joined by... Oh, it's easy. Yeah, I've got to, got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have got to say yours first. Oh yeah, sorry, Jack P. Shepard. Ben Bickle. Brilliant. Did you just forget your own name, Jack? I forgot that I forgot, because he, he was in my, I get it, I get it. No, it was easy. Once I, I panicked and then I realised it was easy. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now, it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we set a film for the others to watch, and then we come into the studio, and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated about the film. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home, and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought of the film. This week's film is Taxi Driver, the classic, and it has been chosen by Jack. But before we get into talking all things Taxi Driver, as always, how has your week been? What have you been up to? So, mine's a quick one. I told you two about it, obviously, off camera, but I haven't told uh, the public. <laughs> the public! Like they're arsed! <laughs> right, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, they sit and go, hold on, hold on, he hasn't told us. Right. No, no, there's something he hasn't told. Pause the podcast, it's something he hasn't told us. Here we go, Jack, what is your big news? It's an animal encounter, right? So I'm over in Yorkshire at the weekend, I've got the kids, and I'm driving along, and there's like some sort of hedgehog in the middle of the road, right? I'm like, oh, as, as I sort of get closer, it's a bit of a country lane, Let's get closer. Doesn't it's not moving like a hedgehog? And I'm thinking, is that a tail? It's a dog. Or it looks like a dog. In the middle of the road. In the middle of the road, but like a puppy. Get out, have a look. And it's a puppy Pomeranian. Very small and fluffy. Very small, fluffy. Same colourings as uh, a hedgehog. So I'm like, what the f- I'm looking around. There's no one about. There's no lead. There's no collar. What sort of time of day are we talking? Set the scene for us. I'd say lunchtime. It's about one o'clock. Okay. So I get in the car and I'm like, well, I'll go to my mum's. She'll know what to do. You've got the dog or you've left the dog? Got the dog. Got the dog. Took it back. So, anyway, there's no houses. It's not like there's anything. I'm like, what the hell? But it's a puppy. Weird. 
So, I had to bath it because it was absolutely covered in shit, like it had been foraging in the wood. Yeah. Give it a bath. Absolutely loves me. He's going mental, wagging his tail. Very, very happy. It's a boy. How did you discover that? What scientific? It it's the widge, isn't it? <laughs> Are you a vet? <laughs> it's... It's the widge. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You want to set up a practice with Colson's sister? Right. Take it to the vet. And we'll like, mm. we need to try and find out its owner's type thing. The old microchip. It's got a chip. So I'm like, right. What's a microchip say on it? You know, mine's chip, but I never quite know. I think know. they've just sort of like got your details, your address and things like that. And blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyhow, because I'm thinking, oh shit, let's please, I don't want to inherit another friggin' animal. Do you know what I mean? I've got four dogs. What would you be up to then? Five. five. That's taking the piss. And five's a b- five's hefty. Five's hefty. So, and I don't know how Chihuahuas do they like Pomeranians. I think they probably do. I don't know the history on the wars between the Chihuahuas and the Pomeranians. <laughs> <laughs> the wars. The famous, the famous <laughs> Pomeranian teacup <laughs> Chihuahua War. <laughs> the 1914. The, the, the territory they fought for. <laughs> Luckily, it's chipped and they can contact the owners. They contact the owners and all is well and the dog is returned to the rightful owners, which was a nice end of the story because we could have squished it. Have you discovered why it was there in the first place, or were you not privy to that information? No, because the vet sort of, like, dropped me a message and said, we've got the owners, the dog's been returned to them, everything's fine. I have no idea, like, what had happened. Whether I don't know if their house was nearby, nearby or something, on a farm, maybe, and it had maybe, maybe just gone up, like, the path or something and escaped. I don't know, but... And then got tired. Maybe. So, thankfully, it was a happy ending. The dog was returned with its rightful owners. And I'll put a picture. We'll put a picture up on the social so you can see the dog. Funnily enough, I'm I'm having, like, a little selfie with the dog, and the dog looks like me. (laughs) Did you do that thing of sometimes when you find an animal and you name it another name? I called it Prince. There you go. What was its real name? I do know this. It was some shit. <laughs> it's something like Max or something like that. Or something. That's the name of Ben's son. <laughs> some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's something a bit shit. Like Jack. <laughs> <It's> some... <laughs> I meant like a generic dog's name. Do you know what I mean? Oh! Every dog's Reckon. called Max. It's getting worse. You dig, you're digging, digging yourself digging. a hole here. Ben, anything happened in your life this week? <laughs> so, uh, it's not a big one. It's not a big one. It's not an animal encounter. It just tickled me, as many things do. We're off down Bournemouth. Oh, Bournemouth Beach is lovely. No dogs allowed. We're off down Bournemouth. Pick my son up. He's been doing rugby camp. Bournemouth's Dorset, isn't it? Yeah, it's down that way. The birthplace of Colson's. Did you go past the signs that said the birthplace of Colson's Spring? <laughs> no. Funny enough, there was a chalk man which was you into one yeah, of the that, hills. Yeah, that is me. And the horse is me as well. Yeah, you riding the chalk horse. So we went down Bournemouth, pick him up, and then 
we got that thing of when you go and see your son or whatever and he comes over and he goes, yeah, can you just go away, please? You're some with the shit name. <laughs> some with the shit dog's name. Can you piss off? So we pissed off. We had some uh, food on the on the beach. We were in there outside. And do you know what? Bournemouth Beach, lovely. Clean, nice, nice people, whatever. Anyway, out the corner of my eye, there's this thing that looks like a milk churn, milk bottle. It's obviously sponsored, but it's a shower. So you've gone in the sea, then you've got the salt off you yeah. using a freshwater shower. <laughs> Out the corner of my eye, I see this lad having a shower. He's a bit older and whatever. He has got the the tiniest, the tiniest trunks on, like thong trunks. Like my head gone. My head went like like a cheese wire, like full oh, right. ballet, okay. <laughs> leopard skin, full ballet leopard skin. Like this. So I'm about to get my salad and my head's gone. My head's gone. So I say to my wife, I said, oh, we need to get some dental floss on the way out. <laughs> there's no way I can go. There's no way I can give the game away here. I can't go leopard skin uh, undies, you know, cheese wire. I can't. I've got to go something big where I'm going to get her to look round. Because as soon as she knows it's a joke, knowing me, she's not going to look round. She's going to look me. So I turn around. And he turned around. And he's showering. Do, 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 loving it, loving it. Tiny. Tiny. And I go, oh, that's, how mad's that? You know those lovely red and white trunks I've got? He's got, this lad behind, she's got the same bit in that in a blue, in a blue check. They're really nice. She turns around <laughs> just at the moment where he pulls the pouch of his trunks away and gives the jet right into his... And he starts jiggling around, like getting rid of the salt and the sun. And she turns and goes, oh! oh. <laughs> well, I've gone. I mean, I have absolutely gone. It's like he's on Saint Tropez. It's like he's in Tenerife, <laughs> but in the middle of a crowded beach. It's a, it's an odd move, anyway. But we're eating <laughs> next to the shower. There's a whole. There's like a full Nando's watching this man in the ballet shorts and the cheese wire, giving it a good old soak in the middle. Of, I mean, it's one in the afternoon. <laughs> My head. I could not stop laughing. He's got the same ones. It's got the same shorts, and as soon as he turns around. As she's turning around in slow motion, I think she's thinking, oh no. <laughs> she's seen- full Eiffel. <laughs> yeah, full Eiffel. And it's, and he, then he's gone full turn, both bum cheeks there with the wire in the middle. Fair play to him. Oh, funny. Fair play. He's just, oh my word. And, and then that's me gone, Nisi. Yeah. That's me gone for the whole afternoon. That's me, me replaying it, thinking, oh, that was so good. Uh, so that was more of by being up to this week. That was the high life. So from tiny dogs to tiny fox. <laughs> the other thing we've all done this week is we have sat down to watch Taxi Driver. We've sat down in three separate cities, separate homes, haven't we? Mm. Um, Jack, yeah, big moment for you. Synopsis. Mm. This this is a time for you to redeem yourself because the people at home give you a little bit of stick about your synopsis. So let's see how you go. Taxi Driver follows Robert De Niro's character who's a bit of a loner and a bit of a recluse and he's got trouble sleeping. He takes the job up 
as a taxi driver so that he can get paid while he's awake. He starts to obsess over a particular character and he just wants someone to sort of speak to and sort of be a companion and he has real struggles with um, people in general. And yeah, that's it. I know, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It started off all right, and then I didn't want to give anything away. You, you, you and you lose confidence. I do as lose you confidence because I think as I'm talking, I'm thinking this sounds a shit film. Yeah, you were doing fine, and then it sort of dribbled off. Dribbled. <laughs> <laughs> Just why have you picked Taxi Driver? It's a De Niro Scorsese classic. What year was it, Taxi Driver? Seventy six. Seventy six. It's the same year, isn't it, that, um, what is it? I think it was Cuckoo's Nest, Taxi Driver, Dog Day Afternoon and Jaws. Yeah. Were, like, all nominated for, like, wow. big, best film. Big. Wow. I think. And um, I watched it with my girlfriend, who had never seen the film before, and I watched it with her mum, and she had seen it before. And it, I suppose she said, but what's it about? And to her, I said, you know the film Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. It's that. It is Joker. Yeah. Yeah. And she went, all right, okay. And I do think it is that. How did you watch it, Coast? I watched it at home in my bedroom. Um, and my dad came in about 10 minutes into the film. I went, oh, I was going to watch this one with you. And I was like, all right. And then he did the monologue of... What's the famous line? You talking to me? Because I'm the only one here. No, no, not that. Oh, I don't know then. Oh, did you watch a different film? No, the line with the sea bombing. The scum, the... Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, he's learnt that. Crikey. Fair play. And I was like, yeah, just did that. So he obviously... But he was like, really like this film. Really good film. It's good, in it? I was like, I've I've watched 13 minutes, Dan. (laughs) We're still in the opening (laughs) montage voiceover. He was like, it's good. It's good, I'll leave you to it. I was like, cheers. You, you love him being back home. He's just great. And then he proceeded to doing loads of Zoom calls and <laughs> I had to keep talking the film up so I couldn't hear him talking about hospitals. <laughs> um, so yeah, watched it at home. It's, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I watched if it you on, paid I again. I watched it on Amazon. Oh, no, now, t- now TV I watched oh. it. On. Oh, no, Netflix, straight Netflix. off. Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. Oh, big really film good, for Netflix. Good copy. It was remastered 25 years later, Taxi Driver, and the sound was remastered. So De Niro obviously plays this character that, like Jack said in a synopsis, has trouble sleeping. So he goes out and wants to get a job as a taxi driver. And we kind of start off with him get, getting this job, really, don't we? You know, he, mm. you know, he's he's basically saying, I want to be a taxi driver. I only want to work in the night because... That's when I can't sleep. I'll drive anywhere. I'll do anything. Don't care. And that was a real thing, that, back then. Because the taxi drivers wouldn't drive everywhere. Because the streets were so rough. It's based in New York, isn't it? That's where the film's set. Yeah. And De Niro, you probably know this, as a lot of people know this about him, is very, very method, is De Niro. And for, I think it was, it was like a month or like six weeks... He was doing it after he 
after he because he was filming another film, wasn't he? He just won. And like after he'd finished or something. He just won an Academy Award for The Godfather Part Two, which we've covered on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And because there was no money for the film, his fee was um, thirty-five grand to do the film. Columbia were really scared at the time because he just won the Oscar, so they was worried that he wouldn't do the film now for the fee that they agreed because he's he's now big name so they were like we might need to get someone else and he was like no no no, no. i'm still doing it for the same fee i mean that's what we agreed so that's what i'll do it for he took a job as being a taxi driver in new york so for like for six weeks he drove around as a taxi driver and he was doing like 15 hour shifts wasn't he yeah imagine getting picked up and go hey you the guy die the guy he only got recognised once, Ben, in the entire time he was doing it. Could you imagine us doing that in Manchester, cabbing? One guy recognised him and said, haven't you just won an Oscar? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like, are things that bad out there? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oof. Oof. Tough profession. It's tough. You just won an Oscar in the cabs. Yeah. Do you reckon you'd be a good taxi driver? No. Oh, I'm terrible. You know that, Colson. You know my sense of direction's terrible. Yours is very good. Mine's terrible. Uh, sense of direction's good. One thing you're good at, Ben, when we're in a taxi together, is the small talk. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 like that. You like getting to know people, chatting away. I do. Because I find a taxi driver will always have a nugget somewhere. There'll be a nugget of little something that will make me, amuse me or make me laugh. Uh... But yeah, I'd be I'd be rubbish. Jack, what would you be like? Fast, you'd be no, fast. You see, usually if you're a city centre sort of taxi driver, you can't go fast. You're in traffic. Oh yeah, you can't go of anywhere. That was my first mistake. Yeah. One thing that we see from De Niro when he's got this job as a taxi driver and he's driving around New York City is at the start of the film he's so calm, cool, collective in the way in the manner that he drives. You know, he's. He's he's very comfortable, isn't he? Scorsese uses when he's looking at the landscape of New York and the places that De Niro drive, but others won't. He uses a lot of slow mo, doesn't he? Mm. There's a lot of the cab coming through steam out the road and slow mo. The irony that before I sat down to watch this film, I just bought myself um, a neon light for my house, and then there's loads of neon lights used in the film, isn't there? Like, when he's driving through the city, it's all, like, very bright light signs everywhere. So I was like, how weird. Was that the neon light your mum got you for your 21st? We don't talk about that. <laughs> Do you know what? In in the whole ordering process, my mum hasn't actually mentioned my neon light workshop experience. <laughs> I, I do. I, I want to do it. I do want to do it. And I'm at home, so now would be a great time to I do it. I absolutely love that. You've you've brought you've brought up bad memories. It's, I love it. It's Nero sort of looking out onto this city, isn't he? He's like a he's narrating himself as a kind of vigilante or what he's seeing about which was New York in the seventies, which was famously New York in the seventies. What he was seeing. I think there was a garb was there a garbage strike or something. I think at the time they were filming it, there was a garbage strike. So all the garbage and rubbish you see on the street uh, is real. Was real. Yeah. So in just talking about like the history in New York at the time, obviously one of the, the key stories throughout is um the character that's is running for office that wants to be the president of the United States. And he's called is it Palatine? 
Yeah. So what? What is he? Was he? Uh, was he like a, a, a hippie candidate? What was he? Because from the scene in the car when De Niro picks him up, does De Niro say the wrong things for what his campaign is about? I suppose he's stopped and asked the man in the street what grinds his gears about the city that he lives in. And he's given him an on- honest answer. He said, you need to clean up this this city. It's It's full of filth. It's full of scum. And he's not just talking about the literal streets are dirty. He's talking about the type of people that are there. So he just gives an honest opinion and shouts and screams at him and says, honestly, you need to get rid of all the fucking scum, blah. Do you know, and sort of like goes off one when that's when it, the senator in the back, the sort of like look at him think, is this guy all right? Is he a bit unhinged? It's that disenfranchised nature of Travis, isn't it? He doesn't, He's been dropped by society. He's come out of the war. He was in the Marines. He's been left with very little. And he's obviously got some psychosis. PTSD, isn't it? That's that's what he's got, but it's undiagnosed in the 70s. Yeah. It's just you're back from the war, get on with normal. It's interesting as well because the, the director, who's the director, Jack? Scorsese. The writer. Who's the writer? Oh, Paul Schrader. It's kind of a bit of a tell on his life, isn't it? Because he went for a period of time where he didn't have very much money. He was living in his ex-girlfriend's apartment while she was out of the country. And he couldn't sleep. So he started working as a cabbie, didn't he? Because it was the only thing he could kind of choose to do. And that's kind of, I think, a lot of the themes and the things that happen in the films happen to him in real life. And he kind of said that the way he got it was he worked out that if he didn't sort his life out, he was very close to having like a psychotic episode, basically. Mm. So when he's driving around the city and he's kind of seeing all these things and seeing all these people, he kind of takes a fancy for someone who he sees in an office who's working for the Palatine campaign. And he kind of just parks outside and just stares at her. He makes the decision. He plucks up the courage after stalking her and staring at her to go in. And, like, just ask her out on a date. And he sort of does. And he does have this sort of charisma about him where... Do you not think he looks very different? Yeah. You know, he when puts a suit so, on, doesn't he? And yeah. he dresses up. Yeah. Does his hair, smartens up. And he kind of says to her what he wants someone to say to him. You can tell that it's probably rehearsed within an inch of its life, isn't it? Yeah. He's trying to present what he thinks she wants. Once. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the process, he slags off the other guy, who she obviously does like yeah yeah because you want to stay away from him what's so fascinating about the performance is on the outside in a thin layer it looks relatively normal but then underneath it after a couple of minutes you go it's something off he's off he just makes a comment which is a bit ah yeah a bit weird there's quite a lot of themes with Daenerys character about like quite a bizarre like masculinity isn't there of the way that he lives alone, goes and watches porn, like the way he interacts with Betsy and that kind of thing, the way he, the way he talks to people, he's got quite, he's quite a layered character as much as, you know how at the start of the film he's more normal, he's still not amazingly likeable, is he? He's quite shut off from the world. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, his morality is sort of, you can't quite piece it 
coherently can you yeah it's almost like he doesn't really know how to have hold and have a conversation like even with the guys at the cab stand yeah they're like having banter and they're trying, a gang like they're a gang they're having a yeah and they do sort of try and include him and he, he can't, just can't. He, can't he doesn't do give it. anybody any eye contact does he yeah he walks in there and he's sort of like just looking down and then when they ask him something he sort of gives a half answer that's not quite the one that they were sort of looking to get or something it's, it's always like a little bit off and yet he still turns up to have the chat he still turns up to meet them he still wants some kind of interaction yeah it, it, it is odd it's that bit of uh, as an audience as a viewer I don't know what Scorsese wanted you to feel I don't know what De Niro wanted you to feel I think it's just that those people definitely definitely exist they're on every single street in the world do you know what I mean? And I think the tagline for the film is, on every single street in the world, there's a nobody who dreams of being a somebody. And I think he just wants, sort of, to be accepted and noticed as something, which obviously leads to him trying to do the assassination attempt, just so that he's known. But even that, even that, when he goes to scope out, he buys his guns and whatever, and he buys a few. That and guy then... who sells him the guns. Brilliant. A brilliant performance. He must have been a salesman. He must have been a salesman. Yeah, he's just like, have you got a forty-four Magnum? And he's obviously said forty-four Magnum because it's sort of the gun that Dirty Harry has. Dirty Harry, yeah. So that's why he goes, have you got a Dirty Harry? And he's like, you see what would happen to a fucking someone's head if they had, if they got shot with like a forty-four Magnum? There'd be nothing fucking left. So he's trying to sell him all these guns. He sells him everything. everything. I can sell you a car. (laughs) It's like a whole supermarket, isn't it, in a bag? He goes, Cadillac, I'll give you a brand new Cadillac. Yeah. And then he gives him the bag. And the holster, he throws in the the holster holster, almost like... like That he got made in Mexico. It's like like a whole (laughs) shtick where you think, he must have just come up with it. You know, it's like the spoon salesman who's actually selling guns. That's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. But then De Niro has a real confidence around guns because of the war. Mm, yeah. So he really knows his stuff. So then you think, oh, he can do this. But then, strangely, when he's going to see the campaign manager, he starts talking to that FBI agent. Yeah. And so the FBI agent, he gives him the address, but then the address is wrong. And then you think, but you've done the thing, you've highlighted that you're a bit off you might try something <laughs> it's because he doesn't quite know what to do i don't think he knows what he wants to do no it is odd and i can't when my dad said you know what did you think of the film i was like oh well it's yeah i said it was it was good but it's weird isn't it that you know he's one step away from being a villain but then one step away from being a hero and he doesn't he doesn't know what he's being yeah did you spot scorsese in it Coles? well i didn't know it was him it's the only moment that threw me. And I was trying to ask my dad to explain it, so I'll ask you. So obviously, the scene where he picks a punter up and the guy says, pull over pull over here on the right. He pulls over and he turns the meter off and the guy goes, no, leave the meter running. Didn't tell you to stop the meter. Well, that's obviously Scorsese, isn't it? Because the actor who it was meant to be it broke his leg, something like that. Well, Scorsese's in it twice. He's in it twice. He's sat down, isn't he, on a wall? Yeah, he sat down by the voting office. And that's obviously his Hitchcock moment, because Hitchcock was in his own films. Yeah. But that's Scorsese in the back of the car. It is. Because the actor was, like, ill, so Scorsese went, oh, fuck it, like, I'll do it. And actually, it works really well. So he, he says, see that woman in that window? That's my wife, and that's not my house, and she's with a man, 
and I'm going to kill her. And as that scene kind of dies, from then on, he's got a shitload of money. So what's happened there? That's a bit I didn't get. Is Has anything happened? No, he's just working all night. Has, has he just got the money from accumulating time? He's not had anything to do with that. Yeah. Okay. That's what he says at the end. He says to the girl when uh, Betsy, is it Betsy? When he gives her the money, he says, look, I, I, don't, I don't do anything else with my money. And there's an interesting scene. I don't know whether you remember the scene, Coles, and Jack might, is when... De Niro rings up Sybil Shepherd's character again to ask her out after it goes wrong. Yes. And it goes from him on the phone, but then the camera goes off and just focuses on the hall. And so you don't see any pictures. You just see him talking on the phone, but the camera is only focused on the hall. And Scorsese just deliberately wanted to do that. So you never saw the bit where he gets rejected. And that was the whole feeling of that De Niro's character, Travis, is never really seen. He's just, he's never really acknowledged. The similarities of this film and Joker are huge, aren't they? Yeah, the colours, the shots, everything. Yeah, the the character, Joaquin's performance to De Niro's performance. And De Niro's obviously in Joker as well, isn't he? Yeah. Well, De Niro's character is a bit like um, Palatine. Yeah. But then, you know, Scorsese took a lot of influence. All those top shots, you know, the top shots at the end, very Hitchcock, where it's like the bird's eye view and he, he shows you through the apartment almost like a uh, a police, st- you know, they've staged it so you can see it. But it, it is interesting in that bit, I guess, the thing that this podcast is kind of about you know, it's about watching the films that you should have seen, but you haven't. But the more films you watch, like Ben always says, the more you learn that film takes from film. And The Joker, which is a film that I really, really rate now, I would probably view quite differently having seen Taxi Driver because it's almost like now an earlier version of The Joker to me, if that makes sense. Mm. And what's it, I think what is interesting, though, is although Joaquin Phoenix's performance is amazing you get the feeling he, he knows it's going to be seen. What I find very interesting from Taxi Driver, like the guy selling the guns, all their performances are very, very raw, almost like a student film, almost like this film might not do anything. Yeah, and De Niro just does so little. Like, that's obviously that's obviously what he is kind of famous for, isn't it? It's borderline perfection, isn't it? Like, he he does almost nothing but does everything. Like in his character traits, in his subtleness, in his performances. Well, that scene in front of the mirror, you know, when he says the famous line, you talking to me. Yeah. Now, I said that to my girlfriend and mother-in-law, you talking to me, and they were like, oh, is that in this film? I'm like, yeah. I said, it's, it's, I mean, you say the line, you talking to me, to anyone, and they instantly know it's from a film. They might not know it's Taxi Driver, but they know that's a famous line from a film. And it's, it's cinema gold cinema history and it's an ad lib robert de niro ad libbed the line you talking to me it's not in the script scorsese says i'm just going to film you you're just on your own you're in front of the mirror just have a go just see what comes out and that's what he did and yeah it's gone down in in film history as one of the most iconic film lines from film and if you'd have blinked you'd have missed it yeah because it is so little it's just 
that's kind of I think the bit that you know where Ben's saying it, it's like he it's it's being done for no one to be seen. It's, it feels very fly on the wall. Mm. And then at the end, as we get to the climax, everything about him screams, catch me. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. He cuts his hair in a mohawk. He wears those glasses. Everything about him is like, like Jack saying, I just want to be seen. Mm. I want to be recognised. Whatever that is, I'm not a number. Well, wasn't there a guy who watched this film and had an obsession with one of the actresses in this film and then had an assassination attempt on... No, so it's... No, almost. The story is... So obviously he goes to assassinate the the presidential campaign sort of runner doesn't he? Yeah. he tries to kill him and then it goes wrong and he gets he gets marked doesn't he and gets spotted and he runs off he bolts yeah four years later ronald reagan in real life, in real life yeah. ronald reagan who's going for president was an um assassination attempt on his life someone tried to shoot him and kill him i think it's on tv yeah and it was the day before the oscars and they had to stop the postpone the oscars by a day for the fear of you know, more people having the uh, attempt. And it was because of De Niro's performance in Taxi Driver that sparked this guy to try and go out and kill somebody running for president. Because he wanted to be noticed by someone. I think so. And for like, it postponed the Oscars for a day on the same Oscars that De Niro ended up winning Best Actor for Raging Bull. (laughs) Oh, so wow. they stopped the Oscars for something that he did in a film, and then the next day he went and won. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've not even talked about Jodie Foster's performance. I mean, she's twelve years old. So Jodie Foster plays the prostitute, yeah, Iris. Mm. Yeah, that's quite. It's quite a random first encounter, isn't it? You know, he's just walking down the street, and well, Harvey Keitel's her pimp. Yeah, and she's being threatened, isn't she? Well, she's obviously wants to get away and he's, yeah. He's always got that bit as De Niro of kind of that, you know, toxic masculinity of, he, he, he's got really weird relationship with women. It's kind of, you know, Betsy, he like thinks is the most perfect woman in the world and everybody else he doesn't really give the time of day to. Yes, yes. And then when he sees this pimp, he kind of, you know, he's talking and he doesn't seem that interested and then he hears about this girl and he hears that she's 12 and he's like, yeah, like... I'll go for it. And when he goes upstairs and he goes into the room with her, you know, you can tell that he's uncomfortable and that it's, he's not... He's a, gone to save her, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. He's gone to find out the story and save her. But she, it, it's that, it's it's all wrong. It's almost like she didn't want to be saved in a way. Well, she just doesn't yeah. understand that reaction, the interaction, does she? She doesn't understand being saved. He's going to try and save her. She always thinks someone wants something from her and she doesn't understand what he's trying to say and then he says can i meet you and then he tries to explain it's like a sort of he sort of sets himself up as like a vigilante for that one bit doesn't he so the character's 12 jack how old's the actress 12 because they they used her sister didn't they as a double for some of the scenes i think some of the scenes like she's meant to be like full-on doing explicit scenes but because she was on so young they got her sister into doing who was like 19. Got you. So it's probably those scenes, Ben. You say that Harvey Cartel's, I think he starts to put his arms around her and touch her and things. Yes, there's that whole awful bit when when they dance and that is just horrible. Creepy. 
Horrible, yeah. It's it's painfully slow, that scene, mm. as well. Like, it, it doesn't move. It just leaves you watching something you don't particularly want to watch. It is it is a bit weird. You know when he, he takes her for breakfast the next day and she's having toast with jam and she puts sugar on a jam? Yeah. And a lot of people thought that's because she's playing a child and it's something that a child would like to do. Yeah. Have yeah. breakfast with lots of sugar. And it isn't. So Jodie Foster had like um, a mentor who was um, a, a prostitute. She she was in the film, wasn't she? She's in the film. She walks down the street and that with that prostitute, the writer, met one night. <laughs> oh, really? The, the writer got a prostitute and was just, did, didn't do anything with her, just spoke to her for the entire night, then rang Scorsese and was like, well, we need to change the character. You need to meet this girl. Met this girl, changed the character in the film, she put her in the film, and when he sees the two girls at the start, the other girl that's it's with her, the mentor, uh, yeah, it, yeah, and she was a real prostitute, yeah, and she was te- she she'd been telling Jodie Foster about um, what it's like if you're addicted to heroin, and the things that you sort of crave is lots of sugar. So in the morning, when you do your breakfast scene with De Niro, probably have loads of sugar. That's what you're eating. So she says, well, if I have toast and jam, she went, yeah, just put loads of sugar on it. So that's where that comes in. Why does De Niro have weird shit when he, he puts eats? peach snaps on bread, doesn't it? <laughs> I saw that. But then again, the similar, there's similar themes in Joker with this. So like the relationship between male and female and the Joker is very similar. Obviously the Joker, it double bluffs, yeah? And all them scenes in the Joker... He's eating cereal all the time and stuff like that, isn't he? He's got like quite a childlike mind and all that kind of stuff. Whereas De Niro doesn't seem like he can actually fend for himself. It feels like he's just got older and older. And then when you see his house for the first time, the first time you see him sleep, mm. that's that first time you see him sleep just before he's had a failed assassination attempt. And that assassination attempt would have made him one thing. And then he sleeps. And then the morning he wakes up, decides that he's going to go and kill the pimp and save the girl. You see, when it when it sort of ramps up and it gets to the end and it's the shootout in the in the brothel, yeah? Yeah. As it sort of finished, the, the brothel thing, I always remember that's how the film finished, of him on the couch. Yeah. He gets shot in the neck and it's him on the couch and he puts the gun up, to, he puts his fingers up to his gut, up to his head like a gun. Yeah. And he does that... And then I remember that track. And then I remember the film ending. Well, if the film ends there, it has a completely different ending. I know. Doesn't it? But am I wrong? Has somebody changed time? Is that how the film used to end? It's a dream sequence, isn't it? You can't work out whether it's a dream sequence. So the the ending is, you know, there's the police coming in on him. And then we see newspaper cuttings of hero taxi driver saves the day. The mum and dad write into him and then he's driving his taxi and he drops Betsy off and he's just completely fine with her and he just drops her off. Yeah, the the fees, the, the, the fare's free, isn't it? Yeah, waivers are fair, doesn't want anything, just drives off and leaves it and that's the end of the film. And then there's a weird, weird shot at the end where it kind of goes from him back on the car, back on him, and he looks a bit different when it goes back on him, doesn't he? But that's the psychosis. That, so this, this, the speeding up and the slow motion was all parts of Scorsese playing with that psychosis within De Niro, Travis Bickle's mind. But the end bit 
is quite possibly just be a dream and that is what he's dreaming they'll write about him so it's completely left up for your own interpretation did that really happen or did they all no one care did she go into care Mm. yeah so if the film ends when jack thought the film ends it's a very sad ending yeah you know anything could happen like ben was saying do her parents care does she really want out you know what happens to her what happens to him whereas when the film ends with the film ending that we see i just believed that he one day if he was successful in killing the president candidate would have been a villain and the next day he's kind of done the same thing and he's deemed a hero you see i don't see how he's a hero if he goes into a brothel and shoots three people i agree and kills them to what save a prostitute and yeah she's a young girl and she's 12 and everything you've still killed three people i don't get how then the police would come in and go everything's fine you're a hero yeah i don't understand that narrative maybe it is a dream in his head that's what i think yeah that's the dream that's the thing where he's concocted whatever it is because i'd pretty much take it he's dead Mm. it really stuck with me that end that that what he dreamed had happened Right, well, whilst we discuss our dreams, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and then we're back with the ratings. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Time for the ratings. Jack, it's your film. You picked a big one. You can start us off. Taxi Driver for me. Don't even muck around. Don't even pretend you're right, thinking about it. What a load around. of shit. It's a nine. I'm going to go a Taxi Driver. Oh, you're not going ten. No, I'm not going ten. I'm not going 10, because I think, not necessarily the shots, maybe the speed of the film, I think it it could afford to maybe just lose a couple of, I wouldn't say scenes, I, I don't know, just, just, just tick it along a little faster, maybe. Slight pace issue at times. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. I'm not going I 10. I don't know, I don't it's, know. It's not one of my all-time go-to classics. I think it's a brilliant 
acting masterclass from De Niro. There's not much of a script, but I don't mind that. And I I, I like the whole premise of it. I like the whole idea that you could walk past this guy on the street, could be anyone. And it's, it's, yeah, I think... I think they've done something um, quite remarkable, really. And it shows because it's, you know, people have replicated it a million times over, this sort of character um, and this sort of film. And people have gone on to win Oscars for pretty much the same performance. Yeah, that's a testament to the film. Um, So, yeah, I'm going nine. Hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah, I struggle not to give it a ten. Because I think it's significant, so significant in the history of film. The way it's shot and the themes it's exploring and it's not comfortable at times to watch at all. It's really tricky, really hard and De Niro's, all of their performances and also doing it with no money. Mm. You know, shooting it without a big studio behind it. You know, in that way, you know, you're not having big money. You're shooting in a cab, <laughs> in a cab office, in a, you know. Um, the guy who did the music, I really like that music. The soundtrack's the amazing. The soundtrack throughout is amazing. It mixes sort of like that classical sort of music with some sort of like dark, weird sort of music. And Spielberg went to go and listen to like the recordings while they were recording the music. And the guy who composed the music, I can't remember his name, but the film's dedicated to him, I think. He died he, the day before, died, the yeah. day after he submitted it, didn't he? Yeah, and Spielberg went in and said, I'm a massive fan of your work. And the guy went, that's bollocks. Why do you always use John Williams' <laughs> <laughs> music then for your films? <laughs> Fair play. Fair, Fair play. play. Called him out. Called him out. Uh, I'll go 10, yeah. Coles? For me, um, nine, same as Jack. Um, really enjoyed the film. And I think the thing that stood out to me was the fact that I now have seen this today in 2022. And I've seen The Joker. And I guess The Joker is my taxi driver. And I found it really hard when on reflection thinking about this films to separate them. And like The Joker's a film that I love. And... I love that performance and they're equally touching each other in so many ways and I just thought De Niro was amazing. Like, I think he, he, he was really good and I think at times it was effortless. Any other year, he'd have another Oscar, wouldn't he? Mm. Yeah. And I think that thing is that now, because the joke is a carbon copy. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Like, it is. Mm. But then I was say I was thinking, well, it's not a better film than The Joker because it's the same film, it's the same performance. But you've also got to take in context. It's fifty years, nearly fifty years later. That's what I mean. As in, you know, they, they did it before. They did it with nothing. And actually, The Joker is is also a product of everyone getting sick of those big. Uh, big film big batman films but taxi driver didn't have any of that i think you played it really well and it's you know obviously it's a testament to De Niro. but it's 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 so weird for me like the films you're making me watch i see a very different De Niro to what i know because the De Niro that i know is meet the fuckers, meet the fuckers literally. yeah yeah and i think that's the sadness colson mm. is once you've seen that De Niro, the sadness is 
you get Warburton's De Niro. And one day my kids are probably going to watch Joaquin Phoenix doing yeah, Kellogg's Harry adverts. Bo- yeah, literally. And I'll be like, you won't know, but actually one day he did. Th- and, you know, but they'll all just be talking about the films that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but how amazing, how amazing to be able to go on Netflix 50 years later. Yeah. Have a little look at this. And it stands up. So 28 out of 30. But the interesting thing is, I think maybe last series or the series before, Ben picked Raging Bull, Mm. which was another big De Niro film. And that got 25.4. And I gave that a six. (laughs) Jack, you gave it a 9.4, Raging Bull. So do you reckon Raging Bull's a better film than Taxi Driver? I think I think it's his performance in Raging Bull that I go fuck. I think it was better in this. And the shots in Raging Bull, the color, you know, I know it's black and white, but what Scorsese gets out of that film for me. I think that's the best in film that I've watched. Taxi Driver. Yeah. Better than Goodfellas and Casino. We've not done Casino on the podcast. Oh, have we not? All right. I think I might pick another one which is one of my faves. Well, hold that thought, Ben, because it's not your pick next week. It's the audience pick. <laughs> but Jack, it's time for the newly renamed Jack's Gem. By the way, just just a little bulletin here for you. Go on. I'm on a little walk the other day, yeah? Red light in front of me. I'm walking on a pavement. Car's slowing down. Someone's put their windows down, shouted at me at the red light. What's Jack's Gem this week? <laughs> <laughs> just drove off I was like I brilliant love it. brilliant that's fame that's, that's fame. fame that's, that's fame. fame what's Jack what's your gem um, what was your gem last week Jack our father our, our father. father this week it's big this week now they're big every week Jack <laughs> well now it's now we've taken the hidden out of the title he didn't even have to try now, do you know what now I've taken the hidden out it's fucking piss easy now. <laughs> right, okay. So this is by nowhere hidden. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you two have seen it. It's a doc. It's called Girl in the Picture. No, I haven't. No. Right. Documentary. I think it's about an hour, an hour 50, two hours, something like that. A one-off, right? A girl gets found dead at the side of a road. It's like a hit and run. They take her to, like, hospital, morgue and everything, and they're like, right, okay, she's died. Let's contact her next of kin. They find out that her name's Sharon... Osborne. Marshall. Her name's Sharon... (laughs) Osborne. (laughs) Right. Sharon Marshall... That's her name. Isn't that her from this morning, Jack? Have you got that no. right? That's her from this morning. <laughs> it is. Same name. <laughs> Same name. That's what blew me as well. <laughs> I think she listens to the podcast as well because she spoke to me about it. <laughs> right. Well, she's dead. Yeah. So they're contacting her next of kin and they find a mum. They say, we're sorry to say, Sharon's died. They're on the phone to Alison Hammond saying, Sharon's died. Shut up. They're like, they're like, Right, so they say she's died, I'm sorry to say. And she says, what do you mean my daughter died 18 years ago? Do, 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 do. <laughs> so they're like, what? what? That's the like, hook. Yeah, it isn't Sharon. So they're like, well, who the fuck is fuck it? fuck is it? Richard Arnold. 
(laughs) (laughs) So they're like, who the fuck is it then? And then that's the doc. They have to try and find out who it is. Sounds great. Cool. Watch it. Very, very, very good. Girl in the picture, it's called. I see. I picked my daughter up because, um, and um, she said, "Dad, have you seen this on Netflix?" I went, "Yeah." I nearly texted you about it. She went, "It's amazing." I went, "I know." And she got quite buzzed that she'd already seen it without me telling her to see it because she watches everything that I say. Watch that. You've handed it down. I've handed. I passed the baton. Passed the baton. My daughter last week, your daughter this week. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave. <laughs> Let's leave. <laughs> so it's that time in the month where we put it to our audience to pick the film. So we put it out on Instagram and we asked for all of your suggestions and they came in hundreds and hundreds of suggestions we had. And we got it down to two semi-finals. The random generator, the old film Tombola came out and we got... <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite versus Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, semi-final one. Now, I've seen Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Good. Jim Carrey, very have different. You? Yeah, I have seen that. Good film. Um, so that, that's in semi-final one. What 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 would you have wanted to win in that, do you reckon? Napoleon Dynamite. Eternal Sunshine. Well, it was a close one. But booking a place into the Sofa Cinema Club audience choice final is... Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite versus... Well, no, semi-final no, two. He's got to build it up. We, want to, we have to find out what Jeez, the other point of semi is. It's bigger than judges' houses. Semi-final two. Ten more minutes of episode yet. People aren't even where they need to be on the drive. Semi-final two was Jurassic Park versus The Lost Boys. Now, is that two big, big films... Jurassic Park's bigger. Okay. The Lost Boys is like an 80s kind of... It's like a cult classic Cult classic. classic. Keith of Sutherland. Well, the dinosaurs beat Jack Bauer by a whopping <laughs> 20% to book a place yeah, in the final. Shut on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut, shut all over it. So now, the final. What a weird final. Only our, What a mad final what's, that what, is. What's Napoleon Dynamite? My dad told me it was shit. <laughs> it's not brilliant. In my opinion, Oof. it's not brilliant. Oof. I know. It, I mean, it splits people. You're either going to... Do you know what? You're going to find people who say that's an absolute bag of shit. Napoleon Dynamite against Jurassic Park. I can see where that's going. There's not even a contest. No. Well, no. lads, it's an absolute landslide <laughs> it's an absolute dinosaur trouncing the film we are watching next week is jurassic park have you seen jurassic park Coles? no <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you've seen a modern day one haven't you yeah yeah, yeah i've seen the new ones <laughs> i've seen the one where they have the little the balls that go around the park yeah anyway speaking of parks lads It's not long, is it? Just a little reminder that next Sunday, Sunday the 4th of September, we are on stage at Halton Park's Happenings. There are still tickets left to watch us on Sunday. We'll be on stage at Halton Park's Happenings in Bolton, where you get to sit down and watch a movie before we come out on stage and talk all about that film. You're doing some songs, aren't you, Jack? You'll do some songs as well. I'm doing a bit of uh, country and western. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, we've got that in. We've got that in as well. 
and fire juggling, it says here. I'm doing yeah, right. that. That's Ben. I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. It's plate <laughs> Plate smacking. Um, if you want a bit of the action, boys, we've been very generous to our listeners, haven't we? And we've ran a competition this week on the old IG. So this is how we're going to tell you if you've won. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. So the competition shuts on Thursday. Today is Thursday. So if you've entered the competition and you haven't had a message, you've not won. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a great time to remind you that tickets are just £5 and you can get them from Fultonparkshappenings.co.uk. We run a tight ship here. If you haven't heard from us, you're not one. <laughs> Thanks for entering. You haven't won. Terms and conditions apply. Does apply. There may not be a winner, but if there is a winner, you're not one. <laughs> well, if you want to be a winner, you can do, because all you've got to do is go on to our Patreon, because everyone who joins us on our Patreon family is a winner. Isn't that right, boys? Great, link. Yeah. On our Patreon is where you can find ad-free episodes of Sofa Cinema Club, bonus Sofa Cinema Club episodes every month where we talk about exactly what you guys ask. So each month is a different topic. We talk all about it. We have loads of interaction with you. And it also gives you access to what, Jack? What? (laughs) Instagram close friends. I suppose... You get little videos and little snapshots into what we're doing and how we're preparing for the podcast, really. So it might be us sitting down to watch a film. Um, I put some on there last night. Oh, that wasn't Close Friends. That was just You didn't Close everyone. Friends it. I did think that. You I didn't, because I thought, you know what? Everyone can watch this. <laughs> Lots of fucking thought goes into it, Ben. Fucking good, that. Fucking good. I'll listen to this. Good. So every week, our new members of Patreon get a job in our film studio slash cinema. And last week, we had a peculiar name, didn't we, Ben? Last week, we gave DJ Wejs a job. Who I thought was a DJ. Yeah, you thought it was DJ Weegis. <laughs> well, we told him to message us with his real name. Anyway, hi, it's me. DJ Weegis. Thought I'd just let you know that it's... smooth sounds in your ears on Weegis FM. (laughs) That it's my initials and surname. My name is Daniel Jan Weegis. It's a Polish surname. I live in Manchester, but I'm actually on holiday in Poland. Currently in Turun. I hope I haven't said that right. Um, Excuse me if I have. So you should have some listens from Poland. Keep up the good work. Well, that's amazing, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for clearing that up. I love that. We See, we asked the question. Good old Daniel came back. That's the beauty of Patreon, though, isn't it? Really easy to get in touch with us. And that's what the next few people have done. So they're getting a new job this week. And I'm going to start us off with, in the film studio, in the industry, you need this. You need this. It's going to be shite. No, it's not shite. It's It's not shite. It's, you built it up. It's going to be what is it? We have um, we have posh actors in our film studio, and they they sometimes they sometimes need a little bit of time away time away from set, and they need some like um, excursions and extracurricular activities. Um, but this is only for our posh elder actors, and the person who is in charge of posh elder 
actors <laughs> is um, Thomas Hunt. <laughs> That's terrible. What? What? Thomas what? Hunt. It's good. It's good. It's but what's the job? He's what's take, the fucking job? He's what's taking him out hunting to keep him happy. Spurious, you've gone off there. Gone you? off? What the You've fuck gone off into that? the world of... It's good. Elderly excursions. Like martial arts expert or something. <laughs> Fight no. coordinator or something. Nah. Nah, Jack. He's very Pacific. He's looking after a certain Pacific. clientele. Certain Fine. clientele. That's what you're from. doing. You're looking after old people. I tell you what, him and Michael Caine... <laughs> They're out every week shooting pheasants. It keeps him happy, keeps <laughs> us happy. We're making films. Right, okay, shall I go now? You go. I First up, I've got Oliver Webster, and his job is... Mechanic. No. <laughs> He's child chaperone. It's a big role. So the kids that are in the film industry, they need, like, an appropriate adult to like look after them like a chaperone that's what they called in the film business chaperone good old ollie uh stephen millward colorist explain that so actually we just reviewed taxi driver and the colors in that there's a lot of reds weren't there a lot of muted colors and then they pulled the red out so what you're seeing originally is the original shot or how it comes back to them they pull out certain colors so certain films are very famously have muted tones or blues or they pull the oranges out they change that look of the film that's what the colorist does every day in the studio when we finish filming um we collect in all the costumes and all those costumes have to be put on a big wash and it's very important they have to make sure it's at the right temperature have to have the right amount of Fabrice, all that kind of stuff. And that role, that role in the costume department, which is head of washing, (laughs) goes to (laughs) Deborah Smith. Andy Mather. Yeah. He's horse wrangler. Do you know what? I'm going, if we're going Wild West, who have we got left? No, there's no one. We've done Oliver Webster. Yeah, I've done him. (laughs) We've done it. We've done it. He's looking after kids. Well, there you go. There's your jobs. Well, next week, someone's getting a job in the Wild West from Ben. Yeah, I've got one lined up. I've got a brilliant one as well. teased it. If you want to be one of the people who gets a job in the Wild West next week, it's really easy to do. All you've got to do is go on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club, where there's two tiers. It's really easy to sign up, and everyone who supports us in the Patreon family, we really do appreciate you. We'll either see you on Sunday in the park, won't we, boys? Woo! Oh, yeah. See yeah. ten people. Bring bring your wellies. Woo, can't wait. Or we'll see you back here on Monday for Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial. Until then, goodbye. Good night. God bless. I'm going to wear white trainers. <laughs> Gold! <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.